No worries. Friggin' what up, dude? Um, it's Carter Wilson. I'm the host of this podcast that's mine. It's gonna be called History is Dying. History is Friggin' what up, Danktorians, dude? My frickin' bros, dude. Fired up for another ep of History is Dank, dude. I'm your host, Strider, your host, Strider Wilson, dude. We got You're Aaron. also our hope. Thank you, thank you. I am your hope. I am your only hope to defeat the Empire. Uh, yes, I am born. I'm, I am the one. Dude, enough of these the one stories. Do you like those stories in movies, Aaron? Are, you, are we tired of the one, dude? I mean, Star Wars, I love it. Matrix, I love it. Dune, I love it. I mean, it's hard to beat the one. It's like biblical. True. Like there's one. It's a story that's age old. It works. Um, speaking of the one, we got the one and only legend on the sticks. You, Aaron, dude. What up? What up? Dude, can I just tell you right now that I'm happy you're alive? <laughs> and for reference, Same. dude. <laughs> yes. For reference, um, Aaron and I played in a golf tournament, dude, like true one percenters yesterday on a Monday. Just being beast, dude, and it was a beautiful. It was put on by ATC and Netflix is a joke. It was super awesome, dude. It was we had a legit foursome, dude. Freaking yeah. me, Aaron, Chad, and JT. Me and Aaron were cart bros cruising around. Um, Zach the caddy was an absolute ledge, dude. Just oh housing a tall boy, Stella. I mean, it was just a great day, dude. And uh, but the thing is, is my drive was on. The rest of my game was not, but I had hubris and. Um, just to set the picture here, the tee box was, was back. We were like playing almost from the tips, but pretty far back. And this like cart path like happened to be like you park up up front to the left, and like maybe like you know thirty yards in front of the tee box. And I was like ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember what I was doing. I don't know. I was hanging out by the cart. Just I think you were just checking for a tee or something in your bag, just living your life yeah. innocently, dude. And uh, you know, Chad and JT were just like pulling up and I was like, dude, my drive's been on fire. This thing, you guys are to the left. Everything I do slices to the right. Like, I'm just going to fucking go ahead and whip this puppy. Like, it's all good. Like, there's like the odds of me going towards you guys is super low. So I go up and I absolutely fucking crank this ball, dude. And I pull the shit out of it, dude. And I'm not even kidding you. I'm like, I'm look, look, I'm, I'm lanky. It's just physics, dude. I, I whipped this ball. Probably, I don't know how fast golf balls travel, like 250 miles per hour, maybe eight feet over Aaron's head. And I I heard it go by. Yeah, bro. And then I heard the, whoa. Dude, I didn't even have time to say four. Literally, just, it went, sailed, like, like hit the ball, dink, past Aaron, crack, straight into a tree. And then literally another dude on another hole goes, oh, my God. <laughs> and then Aaron's like, what? And JT's like, what the fuck? Oh, it, was another, it was another caddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was another caddy. He's yeah. just like, he's shaking his head. He's like, and he's probably seeing everything on the golf course. And he was like, that was one of the closest calls I've ever seen. That's probably what, that's the narrative that I'm putting in his dome. And yeah, dude. And I go, Aaron, I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> and you're, and you're, you had a great line. You go, dude, I'm a father. <laughs> yeah. you got it, yeah. dude i have responsibilities bro you can't kill me dude but dude i've been like so one i'm sorry uh two four so i'm calling it now <laughs> <laughs> day later buck short heads up yeah dude hey heads. and um 
It's also hilarious that like dudes get aggressive. Like it's a chill day, but like remember Chad hit that one ball and it fucking like wasn't even close. Even our caddy was like, some guys like, hey man, say four. It like was not even close to them, dude. It, it like was, sailed over yeah, them, seventy feet in the air above them. Yeah, they were on the cart path and it like hit like the fringe of our fairway, like not even close to the cart path. I was like, dude, old dudes just get fired up, dude. You get a few, you get a few claws and some bros, and who's not in a happy marriage and they get fired up, you know. I mean, I was playing on a course with my dad on Father's Day once. We were playing with this old guy as a threesome, and then there was like this group of like five or six guys in front of us just mm-hmm. slowing us down all fucking day and um we're maybe like we're maybe at the ninth or something like that and i'm hitting the ball out of my shoes i don't know why everything's going long and i hit one off the tee and it's just they're on the green it couldn't have been a long hole but i i'm i it bounces just before the the green and it kind of stays off the green mm-hmm these dudes are like, what the fuck? And they yeah, tell the like co- yeah. course marshal and he comes over and talks to me. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like, I have no idea. I'm hitting the ball farther than I've ever hit it in my life. Dude, that's exactly right. I thought about that. Dude, like if you. But they're also lagging. Like, yeah, these crazy. guys do need to hurry the hell up. There is something like that where like dudes do actually hit into dudes. But no, nah, you weren't trying to do that. Also, like sometimes you just get a really a hold of one. Like that ball that I pulled towards you, it would definitely be involuntary manslaughter because I suck. Like a good golfer is like, all right, maybe this guy has control. And they need to realize like, all right, is this guy really good? Is, has he hit into us at any other time? Like first shot, you just kind of wave like, hey, man, friendly about it. So I don't get it, man. But literally, dude, I lost sleep over it. I was like, man, what if I killed Aaron, dude? What would I do? <laughs> I was like, well, I would have to face like I have to make all these tough phone- Like I like really went down a strange thought pattern. It went so strange where I was like, I would need to escape into the metaverse, dude. Like I would just need to go... <laughs> And then it made me realize, dude, I'm all for, dude, I'm all for the metaverse right now, bro. Like people are averse to this thing. Like, how do you feel about the metaverse, Aaron? Oh, I don't know. I was just going to go back, going back to what you were just saying though, yeah. about the, the scenarios. We, yeah. We were, um, I did a Patreon with Chad and JT just before I came here. Legit. And we were talking about it. And, uh, I was like, you know, I think, I think if, if I died, Bill would have stayed and like Al would have cried. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> There would have been a, tr- a touching tribute there were, <laughs> yeah, the luncheon. Yeah, like right before everyone housed their many hot dogs, they'd be like, Aaron, producer of the podcast, you know, been with AT since, since the beginning, and um, today he may have met his end. And even I'd be like, I'm sorry, dude, it was out of control, but does anyone know where I can get some deli mustard for this dog because I'm pretty much starving right now? <laughs> <laughs> and your dick, nah, dude. And your dick would be out. No, my dick would definitely be out. Dude, yeah, that's the thing, Aaron. You, We were really sexually harassing you yesterday. I have to come full crowd. Like, at risk of canceling me, I was really sexually harassing Aaron a lot on the golf course yesterday saying, hey, because there's a, you know, an unwritten rule where if you don't get past the reds, you got to pull out your dong. So, you know, but we're progressive guys. We don't play that way. We make we make each other show each other our butts, dude. Say, so, let me see your butt and spread it, dude. Uh, and then we get to hit one drive at it, butts up style. <laughs> definitely don't want a hole in one there dude yeah you do yeah exactly no (laughs) believe me i wouldn't be able to hit it freaking any times out of a million um but yeah man i'm glad you're alive bro i'm glad i don't have to go to the metaverse even though i would dude even though it's like because look dude what why are people against this dude if you're over 30 you know 
what you're going to achieve in your life. Like you, like, what do you, everyone's worried. Oh, I'm going to be Zuckerberg. Like we're going to be slaves to his thing. And we're going to just like live our lives to just put on this headset. It's like, do we love our lives that much? Like, are you like we had to, we should have had to put the work in. Like you needed to read a lot of books and worked really hard 10 years ago to like be a billionaire. Like, like, and then get the benefits of being a billionaire, which is like probably just having a threesome in space. And it's like, you're not going to have a threesome in space, but in the metaverse you can. Like, yeah. so yeah, let's, we should be all for this, dude. Like that's what we need to be doing. You know what I mean? If it's all just for pleasure and stuff sh and leisure, sure. But I feel like there's people who are like, yeah, I'm going to get a job in the metaverse. I have oh, I see, I'm not real that. estate in the metaverse. It's like, no. That's, that's using all. it wrong, dude. It's got to just be for pleasure. Dude, I don't want any of these schmoles being like charging you extra meta tokens or whatever it is to do stuff like that. No, it needs to be like you sign in, you're good to go. Like that's how I'm envisioning this beautiful it's metaverse, dude. Like why do I want to have two shitty lives? Why do I want to be low status <laughs> <laughs> virtually and here? It's like, no, I want to go to metaverse because there I can be like John McClane. I can kill terrorists and get my wife to love me. Whereas in real life like i'm an emotional terrorist and i can't even get my wife to talk to me you know it's just makes more sense you know i mean i don't know man people are worried about yeah if it, but if it becomes this thing where like you have to work in the metaverse like what yeah work virtually and in real life dude what no i don't want two jobs i want no jobs dude i want to go post up and have i don't know man people don't like that here's the here's the sad truth and not even the sad truth the normal truth we don't, people don't like us that much. Like, look at this pandemic. Like, companies don't have your back. By and large, you know, we tolerate each other. That's what we're doing, you know. And we don't even like our own selves that much. The only person who really likes themselves that much is probably Jared Leto, and that's weird. That's how that looks. Do you want to be Jared Leto? I mean, maybe you can in the metaverse. But all I'm saying is, dude, I'm all for putting on some goggles, killing some terrorists, and having a threesome with my wife. Maybe two of my wives. Oh. You know what I mean? Double down. They could probably create that, you, you know, some interesting way in the metaverse. So other than that, dude, maybe you can have a threesome. You have to like move to the Dakotas and you can be really free there or something. Probably, yeah, I mean. Probably could get a threesome in the Dakotas. If you're like, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? But yeah, a threesome. There's, hot, there's, there's hot, hot tubs out there. Yeah, hell yeah. A threesome in the Dakotas <laughs> might actually refer to how many teeth are shared among the people not, not the <laughs> amount of people <laughs> sorry that's mean that's mean that's mean i take that shit back that's true i mean you go to the dakotas they're the dentist is also their barber yeah right right Pe hey people are working two jobs get that guy to the freaking metaverse dude <laughs> but i mean like if people point it point it like the metaverse and be like it's you know it's like ready player one it's like oh yeah, yeah. you mean that dystopian future where we live in a virtual world because of the other war, the rest of the world actually sucks because it because of pollution and global global warming and yeah see war. that's a bummer dude yeah you didn't read the book clearly I want it I, to be only Total Recall style which still has a little has for sure a dystopian element to it but not totally because it's like remember he like goes through that one booth area where people are like having or is that Fifth Element what is that when he like goes to the it's kind of a seedy place I mean I, I both. Probably. Yeah, probably in both. I've only seen Fifth Element once. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? I really like the Fifth Element. Fucking, I'm all about, dude, here's the thing, dude. You don't like yourself that much? Go to the metaverse and be Bruce Willis, dude. Sure. Be Bruce Willis characters. John McClane, Corbin Dallas, 
the dude from the last boy scout the dude from freaking tears of the sun so that's all i'm saying dude all right dude enough of that dude um let's get to it dude let's just you know let's talk about our topic today and i'm fired up for today's topic because it's a heist we're talking about a historical heist right now dude aaron is there anything better than a heist? Is there anything better than just pulling off a mission with your boys, even if it's scoring that late night 30 rack, you know, just getting on your skateboards, you know, sharing a Sector 9 to go pick up a whatever they got left at the store, even if it's Michelob Ultras coming back and then playing more Pong. I love group activities with the boys, dude, with anyone, dude. Threesomes in the metaverse, you know that. But today we're talking about the great locomotive chase. Aaron, you ever heard of this? Uh, no. Okay. I was looking up stuff, dude, because I was like, dude, you know, I had that negative thought about, you know, uh, meaning to escape in the metaverse and us not really liking ourselves. And that's not all true. I get fired up. I get fired up on my calves sometimes. And I looked up, you know, what would be a great achievement. What's like the best achievement you can have? Like probably the medal of honor, but you have to be a military person to achieve that. Civilian, I think you can this get... Is a presidential Medal of Freedom, I believe, is the highest. Civilian, civilian distinction. Yeah. So... Which too many people have gotten. That's what I mean. It's all, It's better. like kind of like a, at least like a participation trophy at this point a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, not really. But, but Medal of Honor, that's legit. Totally. And I looked up who got the first Medal of Honor. And it was this dude who was a hero, but not even the biggest hero. The biggest hero was a civilian involved in this great locomotive chase bro this took place during the civil war dude civil war um newsflash huge bummer of an era dude yeah a big, huge bust um you know change is tough and you know i think good change came out of it um but a lot a lot of factors and people say we're still fighting this war today and, and you know on different battlefields and there's truth to that and uh but this particular um, battle or rather heist called the great locomotive chase was pretty fucking sick. It involved tragedy for sure. And we'll get into that. Um, but it took place on April 12th, 1862, right? Like I mentioned during the American civil war, which went from 61 to 65. And it's also called Andrews raid. If you want to Google it and do any stuff. Um, and that's after this dude, James J. Andrews, who's a civilian and is a, is a freaking straight up ledge, dude. So this guy, he takes a group of disguised Union soldiers, dude, into the south, dude, right? Into um, south to this place called Big Shanty, dude, Kennesaw, Georgia, dude. And their goal is to heist a fucking train, dude. So not even are a lot of the sickest heists from the Wild West involve dudes riding up on horses and taking gold or money from a train. These guys are going, no, dude, we're taking the train. That's pretty sick. Am I right, Aaron? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm fired up. I don't up. know what you're going to do with it, but sure. All right, baby. Well, let me tell you. That's exactly, exactly <laughs> right, dude. And even in this, I don't want to give any spoilers because it's, it's a great story. This could be a movie. This could be a movie. I was I was kind of hoping you were saying the Great Locomotive Chase. Uh, it took place in 1885. Uh, created Eastwood Ravine, right? A Back to the Future Three reference, dude, dude, bro, <laughs> dude, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I actually kind of like Back to the Future Three. I, I, it's good. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is probably for sure the worst one, but I like it I because they're sick. I don't know. Some of the humor in two is not 
good. Uh, you're right. And I do. But I, I do. Tell uh, you, who doesn't like the, to look at the future? But it doesn't hold up as well. It doesn't. And, and I love going you, back to 55 and seeing himself. I love that. That's cool. Really fun. I do get annoyed with the chasing down the sports almanac. Like, I know it all revolves around that. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. central thing to the story. But it's like so just, he sees it. Oh, and can't get it. Oh, he sees it. And I can't get it. And like, I get that that's like fucking screenwriting awareness or whatever. But dude, shut Suspense the fuck and, up, dude. Yeah. Um, just do some, just go bang your mom already. I'm always trying to find that tunnel too here in LA. Every time I drive oh, through a tunnel, I'm yeah. like, is this it? Yeah. It's got to be in Griffith Park. I went onto the set at Warner Brothers where that little downtown is where it like disappears. Universal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Universal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did a little tour, dude. Um so dude, this guy Andrews, he gets a group of bros. I'll tell you where he gets these bros from. And they sneak south into Georgia, right? The Union soldiers, they're disguised as just dudes that are they're saying their story, their backstory is that they're gonna say, Oh, we're coming from this town in Kentucky. And we're going to go enlist. And that's why we're all getting on this train. We're going to go take up the cause. Otherwise, like, you know, they have home guard and stuff. Like, they'd be arrested or sent to the front lines. Um, and like I mentioned, like, this is 1862. So it's, like, earlier on. So dudes are probably still enlisting. This isn't, like, towards the end of the South where it's, like, old dudes and maybe some young boys are getting thrown into the regulars. Um, and uh, these guys, their mission is to go to the South um, they want to go down to Georgia. They want to get to the Western Atlantic Railroad between Atlanta, Georgia, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, they want to, like, Chattanooga, Tennessee is like a huge hub, transportation hub for the Confederate Army. And this brigadier general, dude, this this guy named Ormsby Mitchell, dude. Great name, Ormsby, dude. Imagine that. And he's commanding Union troops in central Tennessee, and he's planning an advance on Huntsville, Alabama. But before attacking... Uh, he needs to shut down this vital transportation hub in Chattanooga, Tennessee, because like he doesn't have enough troops to protect his flank once he gets to Huntsville. So he knows that Confederates could reinforce using that railroad very quickly, arrive in the Chattanooga area or um, from the Chattanooga area by using the Western and Atlantic railroads. Right. So he's S like, sorry, I got to I got to break in and just say, yeah, what up? do I make you owns me? Do I? <laughs> Do I, baby? God, I'm sorry. No, no, I love that, dude. Thank you for that. <laughs> Do I make you Ormsby? <laughs> that was like the secret word that they had uh, when it was like planned attack. <laughs> Andrews was like, all right, we're all going to get in the same boxcar. And when it's time to steal the train, I'm going to stand up and say, Do I make you Ormsby, baby? <laughs> It'll cause a distraction. I'm going to put a piece of celery in my butt and do that, MacGruber style. Uh so basically they need to go, we need to shut down this hub. We need to, you know, go there, destroy this engine, blow up that area, you know, bend the tracks, whatever the hell it is, shut down the telegrams. And then we can attack on Atlanta without them knowing to send reinforcements or even being able to. So that's the mission gets the green light. It actually was a mission that was supposed to be done earlier by this guy, like, um, this guy, major general Don Carlos Buell. Um, but it was, um, it was called off like the engineer never appeared the guy just maybe wussed out or something like that dude um so general ormsby baby he um directs andrews to select some volunteers and i don't know why like this dude andrews just like like just was from the south like a sympathizer was a total beast and he just knew the area and was probably just a good ass actor dude i was trying to reach up like what are his skill sets that like he's a civilian and 
was able to do this. And I think it's like, cause he just knew the decorum of the South. Like, I think it was like different. And so I, I was like trying to look that up. I'm like, why the hell is like they do it? Why not just send a captain or something? But you know, I think this guy just had the confidence and ability to do it. And he was a fucking beast, dude. So basically Ormsby was like, this guy Andrews is a fucking beast. So he's going to do it. And everyone saw him. They're like, all right, he's beast. Let's go. And, um, general Mitchell, AKA Ormsby Mitchell, baby says, all right, you can select 22 volunteers from this dude, Joshua, Colonel Joshua W's Sills's brigade, dude. So this would be a good scene if it's a movie, dude, when Andrews goes there and all the soldiers are kind of like, who's this guy? He, oh, he's a Southerner too. We're unions. We don't like this guy. Then he gives like a good speech and he's like, battles are won. Like you, you guys are standing here on the line, disciplined. We have to go sneak behind enemy lines. We need you guys. We need you to do this. And uh, then some bros would step up. They'll be like, I got your back. I went to, uh, you know, I went to college down here get my doctor but move back up north once i saw the way they treated people down here i'm gonna go down there and make a change and so you could get some good characters out of that if you're making a movie and honestly dude who's not going to be addicted to the rush of just pulling off a team effort if i was andrews i'd be like look guys have you ever been teepeeing i don't know if they do any teepeeing back in the 1800s but he'd be like imagine how fired up you get when you teepee your neighbor basically we're gonna go teepeeing but steal a train <laughs> imagine that I'm in. You know I'm volunteering for that mission. So, then you have a great scene describing the train, like Con Air style. That's such a good call, like Cusack, dude. Yes, this is the fastest coal-fed engine there is. Actually, dude, the train's called the General, which is a confusing story for about a fucking military operation. Just heads up, real quick. I'm glad you mentioned that, Aaron. When I refer to the General, I know Owensby is the only General I'm going to mention. The, if I say the general from here on out, it's a train. That's what the name of that look. Because this train's called the general. It's elite. It's got five foot long wheels. You know what's five feet long? A baby great white shark. Sir, why are you comparing a shark to a train wheel? Shut the fuck up. It's a great white shark. You get under. It's got enough force to mow through the White House. Sir, the White House isn't built yet. Shut up. Shut up. It's got so much smoke coming out there in embers that it could burn down the entire Great Plains. Sir, but what about global warming? Shut up. That doesn't exist yet. Shut up. That'd be so sick. Dude, how would you comp can explain it Con Air style? Yeah, it's just like all the attributes, like the fastest, fastest engine on fastest engine on the western continent it's an italian yeah, yeah. engine there's there's like these safety features or whatever or these locks you got to break or something yeah you, yeah exactly the only this guy trained. has the key and he's in the back or some shit mm -hmm. it's so hot in there actually like you don't notice it but when you're next to that coal fire it's like being in a pizza oven you have to wear this special flak this special mitt even to change the gears otherwise your hand burns off then yeah. of course later in the movie he's gonna have to change the gears without the glove yeah save yeah, the fucking day yeah. yeah bro that's such a good call Aaron. I wonder if that's the same train from the um the buster keaton movie the general dude what happened in the buster keaton movie no idea i haven't seen it but i know it's famous but dude it could be about this story bro yeah 
maybe that's i'll look it up yeah maybe that's up. something we gotta check out because that sounds exactly right because literally like i was reading the story and i'm like this is a fucking movie dude like there's no way this isn't a movie it should be and that makes sense um well if it is it's right for a remake it is right for a remake you're right um so andrew's and his crew of oh, 22 it is. Dudes. holy shit yeah. is it really yeah, yeah there you go dude it had to be a movie and how when did that movie come out i mean buster keaton 26 yeah there you go exactly so uh and that was after i think one of the last dudes that was involved oh, in this died no, i think it's t it's told from the south it's told south. from the southern perspective buster well he's a confederate he's a guy named fuller does he play fuller uh no johnny gray okay there is Johnny. Captain Anderson. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they works. changed some of the names. Maybe they did that for, you know, whatever. 1920s. I mean, hey, in the 20s was the rise of the KKK and, and it was a very racist era. So you must single-handedly recapture the locomotive after it's being seized by the Union okay. spies. So he, he plays the guy Fuller. who That character is based on a dude named Fuller who's about to come up right now. And... So, dude, that's hilarious. You can control from the perspective of the South. And that could be a spoiler of what's going to happen. So if you, uh, I'm going to go through this because um, there is a tragic end here, but but it's not all bad. Um, but here, we're just getting into our story, baby. So you got fucking Andrews and his boys cruising south. There's three engineers who are trained, who know how to operate it, plus the 22 volunteers cruising down. Um, he's like, look, we're all going to meet on April 11th. That's when this operation begins. We've got our tickets. We're going to board early in the morning. Um, and they're, they're just going to get down at this big shanties where the station is. I mean, perfect name. Um, and while the real crew is out eating breakfast, this guy, Captain Fuller and or whatever are eating breakfast, they're going to get, they're all going to board onto the train and in the same car so they can make moves and coordinate and go. The d operation actually gets delayed. Remember I mentioned April 12th is when it starts. Um, but they were delayed due to heavy rains and remember that that's important for the story. Remember that there was heavy rains, delayed their operation. But they get in there, they see them eating breakfast. Andrews is like, boom, baby, let's go. They uncouple some cars. They keep like a couple cars attached to the, to the general. They jack the general and they start pulling away. No one's really noticing anything. And then the dude Fuller's eating his breakfast and he's like, what the fuck? I drive that train, dude. That's not supposed to move him without me. But he keeps going, and then they cut the uh, telegraph lines to the next station so they weren't able to communicate to the next station. So they get away, and uh, they start cruising, dude. Um, they're freaking going on, and um, the guy's name is William Fuller, who's after this. Fuller begins to organize a pursuit uh, up the line, and Andrew and his men were nearing this place called Moon Station. Um, they cut nearby a telegraph line, like I mentioned. Um, so... He's directing engineers to move at a normal speed. So like you, you would think they would want to like race away, but he didn't want to raise um, any attention. Like he wanted to operate as if this was like normal operating stuff and, and be normal. So they pass through like two stations normally, Ackworth and Alatuna, just kind of going at a regular rate. And, you know, the train's cruising along, but if it stops, and it takes a while to get going. So if you're going by horseback, and it's like, you, and you organize it relatively quickly. And the fact that Fuller recognized it right away, they kind of got a good jump on him. It's a pretty tight chase. And the fact that Andrews chooses to be discreet rather than really get out ahead does kind of come back to bite him, but not bite him as bad as another move that he makes. Um, while they step, they get through these two tracks, then they stop and they're like, all right, dude, we need to start fucking up some tracks. We got this train. Let's go. They start, they remove like a section of the track, put it in one of their boxcars. Um, and they start crossing like this, um, 
uh, and doing okay and, and cutting the um, lines and everything. Meanwhile, fucking Fuller reaches another track, gets like another locomotive, puts it on another line. Like the guy's like reversing and, and fucking forwarding trains like a beast over here, dude. Like switching out locomotives. Uh, the closer he gets, like, it's truly unbelievable what this guy's doing. Like, he's a very capable dude. He must be, like, the best train engineer in the world. So pretty much his plan works despite this guy's the big uh, freaking foible here. And um, he, like, gets this the locomotive called Yona, um, which is on, like, a spur line running nearby Ironworks. So, um, oh, sorry, sorry, this isn't for This is back to Andrews. So they're coming up on this wooden railroad bridge over Itawa, and it's one of their targets. They're like, we want to destroy this bridge. You take out the bridges, like that's going to be really big. Then removing tracks, like, yeah, that slows them down, but you can replace the tracks. But if you take out the bridge, they're kind of fucked. Um, but Andrew sees some guys nearby um, and some soldiers, like, you know, like I mentioned, doing ironworks. And despite this bridge being a target of the raid, he goes, he doesn't want to take the fight and risk the men's lives. He's like, look, we can maybe destroy some targets farther down the line. Um, let's just get through here. We need to get a little bit of, of space out ahead. So they probably should have taken that fight. Maybe they would have lost some men. Maybe they would have lost the whole mission. But he decides to live and fight another day. Um, they're cruising. Um, meanwhile, oh, I, I kind of jumped ahead, but Fuller and his dudes get like a hand car. So like one of those things where it looks like you're like drilling yourself. You know what I mean? Like yeah, give yeah. the other dude. And they're like pumping their way down the tracks with a hand cart at this point. Um, then they find like another engine fuller finds an engine, like gets it on the track, reverses shit, like uncoupling shit and fucking starts taking off, chasing them as fast as he can, like pulling no cars or anything. Andrews is cutting telegraph lines. Like as he cruises through other stations, dude, Calhoun. And then he gets to this Ostuna bridge, dude. Uh, don't know how to say that. Probably just like, do I make you or me bridge? The Ustanuala bridge, dude. It's a big wood bridge. They've got a box card with them. They go, this is a bridge that we do need to destroy. There's not any bros, or bros around. This is one of our targets. So they start throwing shit on the tracks to like slow them down because they know that other trains come and you know you can see smoke and stuff. And fucking, they take one of the box cars, they set it on fire, and they're hoping that the embers go up and catch the whole bridge on fire. It's a big wooden structure, right? They're pouring gasoline everywhere. But the rains, the heavy rains that I mentioned earlier, kept that bridge from catching a blaze. Really fucked them. They got unlucky with that rain. They probably should have called off the whole operation, but they were Jones and itching to go. You know, the engineer showed up this time. Um, Freaking Fuller just keeps on cruising, barreling down the line, mows through that um, boxcar, you know, burned remains. They do have to stop with the tracks that removed and like some other stuff, like slowed them down a little bit, but really they just keep catching up. Um, they get past that bridge. Um, finally, after passing through this town, Dalton, um, they cut telegraph lines, but were too late to prevent Fuller from getting a message through to Chattanooga. So they're racing through an area called Tunnel Hills. Um, Andrews was unable to stop Fuller. Um, they finally just go, you know what, dude, we got to bail. They're kind of getting close to like Texas at this point. They're like, dude, we, like, and just keep going. And Fuller just keeps pursuing them. The guy's a beast, dude. Just doesn't even care. He's got a mission, dude. And well, in, uh, in the movie, it's his girlfriend's on board. In the, they really in the took a lot of liberties Buster here. Buster Keaton movie. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, she could have been part of the crew, you know, help them disguise or get on board. I mean, that's I like that Hollywood angle, you know. Hell, maybe she, you know. Well, again, they're on the wrong side. They're on the south. Side. Oh, this is the south. So yes, he's just trying to impress her the whole time. He's like, "Babe, isn't this cool? Yeah, look what I'm doing. Do you see me back up that locomotive? It's incredible. It literally, it's part. It's part of the the thing. Like she wants him to join the uh, to join the Confederacy, and he's like too good of an engineer. Dude, he really is she the best engineer. Respect him for that. He is the best engineer ever, dude. Dude, she really wants him to join the Confederacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, amazing, bro. <laughs> Oh man, that's gold. Um, wow. Uh, so fucking Fuller is a beast, like we just mentioned, dude. He's got a legit GF, so that's tight. Um, even though she's pressuring him the wrong way, dude. Maybe a little bit of pressure is good. And like you know, we just mentioned Fuller's a beast engineer. He catches up. The mission is like at this point lost. I mean, they successfully jacked the locomotive, but. You know, Chattanooga, the, they weren't able to destroy anything there or destroy any of the bridges, so they did a little damage to the tracks. Um, and at this point, they're like, look, dude, we got to bounce. So they get off the train, and all the guys are like, let's go different ways so it'll be harder to track us, get back to where you can. And then over the course of like that next week or two, um, everybody gets captured. Um, they get put into a Confederate prison camp. Um they were tried under like a military console and like, you know, espionage, treason or whatever, according to that state or whatever. Um, seven, uh, Andrews was found guilty. He gets hanged in Atlanta on June 7th. Seven others were later tried and hanged on June 18th. Of the remainder, eight who were um, concerned about meeting a similar fate successfully escaped. Um, and then those who remained in Confederate custody were exchanged as prisoners of war on March 17th, 1863. Um, and then this goes back to the Medal of Honor stuff. Um, this, the first Medal of Honor ever awarded was to a dude um, who took part in this raid. And um, Jacob Wilson Parrott is his name. Um he was tortured a lot. They wanted a ton of information, like over a hundred times. I guess he was tortured. He did try to escape as one of those dudes, but then was recaptured. He did end up getting exchanged as a prisoner after the war was over. Um, also living in a civil war prison camp was like almost a death sentence on its own. Like you were going to get a disease, dysentery or something. Not good. Um, all, and then after Parrot, all three of the remaining Raiders were also presented with the award, except for Andrews and Campbell who is a, as civilians were not eligible. Um, another dude named Campbell took place on the raid. Um, you can look up at like, uh, like I went to medal of honor, cmohs.org. You can look at all the members of the raid and you can see Andrews. He's, he kind of looks like fucking Abraham Lincoln. Dude. He's got a fat beard. It looks like he brews craft beer maybe. And, um, so pretty gnarly. And so that's like basically how the dudes they did this clandestine operation ended up getting caught you know, I think Parrot was really awarded for, you know, being able to not give in or give any more information or say anything about why or what um, while being tortured by the Confederates. Um, also, it was a badass that they tried to escape. Um, that was cool. That's another good act to this movie, but then they get caught. So pretty freaking gnarly. So overall, the, the mission was a failure, but there was heroics involved. And... Um, 
pretty freaking gnarly, dude. And this guy Fuller, who's the <laughs> Buster Keaton central character, dude. Um, the movie from the Confederates perspective is gold. And um, yeah, dude. Andrews made some critical errors, dude. You know, maybe the whole mission should have just been postponed a little bit because the rain and then maybe, you know, he should have taken that fight, but you never know. You know, you can't judge decisions made in real time. Who knows? Maybe those were tough. There's iron work, dude. They probably had jacked forearms and looked scary. I wouldn't want to take a fight. I don't have to, especially when I'm trying to be low key and sneak around, you know, and I, there's a, I know there's another bridge coming up ahead. He just got boned by the elements and he got boned that this dude Fuller was the most capable guy of all time. You would have just wished he was a quitter. You'd be like, oh, yeah, fuck. My train got stolen. I got I got to call somebody about this. Instead, he's like, no, get horses. I'm going to go get my train back. Jeez. I'm surprised he had a girlfriend, too, because maybe this rule only holds for guys who are into model trains. Like, if you're into model trains, you're a virgin. You know what I mean, dude? But, like, if you are into real trains, maybe you date models. I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? Like, let's just put it this way. Like, if you like to fix up model trains mm-hmm. as an adult male, like, you're not you're not boning. Are you? I mean, you it's might not, be doing it to avoid your wife you don't like anymore. True. By being in your basement. Maybe you got to go to the metaverse, dude. And That's become true. a... And own the railroad. Yeah. It's always good to own the railroads, dude. Be the new... Um, Whoever owned the trains. Yeah, the dude in Monopoly, whoever had the Pacific West Railroad Company or whatever it is. Yeah. Railroads coming through town. Anyway, dude, pretty sick story about the first Medal of Honor. Who doesn't love a heist, even though it was an unsuccessful one? It's funny. I mean, it shows my biased view. Obviously, I have a union view, you know, even though I'm a freaking Southern Californian, dude. And so <laughs> it's like, you know, we're still the union, right? We were we were neutral. True, California is neutral, dude. We were too new. Like later, friggin' noobs, dude. Um, hey, let's take a few cues, then bone out, dude. Are you down with that? Let's do it. I think with that, but I do think that movie's got to be remade, but from the Andrews perspective. Yeah, it's more. It's it, cooler if it's a heist. It's cooler if it's a heist. It's cooler if he, like, the, you know, that's kind of a right now, it's not like a classic Hollywood ending, but it's like not all heroes really live, right? Braveheart, thank you. That's from the quote from the DVD box cover that I have. I still have the DVD of Braveheart. And I think it'd be sick, dude. You'd get a cool group of bros in a heist. We already saw all these sick movie, uh, these sick scenes. The weather could come back and bite them. I mean, it's, you know... It could be really fun. Yeah. Why would it be one guy? One guy. The, and you have the, a good the, villain. Fuller as a vil- a capable villain is in you is very important. Yeah. You get Jason Isaacs to play him. Yep. Straight out of the Patriot. Dude, such a good call. That is a great call. It's exactly who should play him. Yeah. He hopefully is not too old now though, is he? He's probably he can his do 50s. He probably but yeah, you could you know you put a beard on him. Everyone has a beard, he's fine. And then you get like The Rock to play Andrews. No, I'm kidding. Well, they, we, <laughs> just that jacked in the civil. <laughs> he's literally pushing the train down the fucking track, dude. Oh, hilarious. All right, let's do a few cues and bone out, dude. So this is from Alex. He's kind of following up with another question. He said, me and my uh, dank Jeff were having a nice Saturday morning convo about whether or not dick shaming existed in the old days. And if not, when it was invented. I think there was no dick shaming as all of the old Greek statues of dudes all have small dongs in which is tight. 
I think dudes were too wor worried back then about fighting Parisian armies to be into dong shaming. Any thoughts? Ancient Greece could be turned into a fire app too. Alex. Dude, I mean, yeah, bro. Small dongs in ancient Greek culture uh, were considered like um, aesthetically pleasing. You like, I mean, I think this goes back even farther to like the Babylonians, like to Gilgamesh. They even mention um, Gilgamesh's friend in Kaidu, I think it's his name, who's like a wild man. And part of describing a wild man is like having a big penis. And but but basically what I think that means, so that so they would shame big penises, not little penises. And um, so maybe the small dong shame that exists today is, you know, subconscious retribution. And but uh, basically it represented the fact that you were you were a you were beholden by your cock and your desire from your loin or your belly. You didn't master your being and your essence. You don't haven't tamed the bull. So the idea was that a man with a small penis had tamed his bull, made decisions from logic, reason, you know, justice, honor, like those literature and topics, theories and themes throughout, you know, the eras, rather than in Kaidu. He's a wild man. He's of nature. He just wants to go around and fuck and blah, even though he's a good bro. So yeah, I think cock shaming has existed since day one, dude. Cain and Abel probably did. You know what I mean? One bro probably had a smaller dick. Who was the one that murdered who? Cain uh, murdered Cain Abel. Cain murdered Abel, yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Because freaking Cain wasn't able to deal with the fact that he had a small dink, and that's what we have to go with him. Go out there and make sure that it's okay to know that you have a small dink and be, no matter what size your dink is, yeah? Um, let's do one more. It's from Connor, dude. What up, Strider, dude? Went paintballing and got stoked on it. Want to invest in the sport? Any tips? Late. I mean, dude, I'm stoked on that. I think definitely, you know, get yourself a pair. Of, I like, I have a specific pair of paintballing shoes. They're, they're Timberland boots. So you're going to want to wear shoes that you're okay with getting messed up and paint on that. Um, invest yourself in like a towel for the back seat, maybe a lunchbox because it's nice to hydrate. And if you're really getting into it, as far as the sport goes, you got autocockers, angels, predators. I'm all about the autococker. You know, they might want to upsell you on an angel or a predator, but all you need is an autococker, dude. Are the angel or predator those drones? These are all guns. Sorry. Still These are guns. Yeah, dude, yeah, sorry. <laughs> These are um, types of weaponry and paintballing. I'm all about an autococker. Spider's sick if you want to, don't want to break the bank too much. Aaron, what about you? I mean, is there anything? one that's like a just a, a spray? <laughs> that would be like an angel, like fully auto. But then again, like not fully auto. I'm talking like like a shotgun. <laughs> dude, they dude, they do have shotgun ones, but it doesn't spray. It's like it's kind of lame. There was a guy out there with a riot shield and a two barrel shotgun, and he would just go up and surrender dudes. And it was CO two fed. It was pretty a cool like way to go out there and, and paintball. It looked pretty elite. Also, you could get yourself a sick pair of like honestly, bro. I'll tell you right now, knee pads, dude knee pads even before a sick gun get yourself some knee pads really gonna help yeah 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 go that yeah sounds any sick. paintballing website get a sick pair of knee pads and if you want like some gloves are cool because it does hurt to get hit in the hands other than that you're fine you know you got old clothes or pair you know go to an army purse surplus or get a pair of camo pants you're ready to rock you can go out there in a t-shirt you know um 
man, I'm fired up for you, dude. It's great to have a hobby, good sport. You know what I mean? Sport, something like you look forward to doing on the weekend, can get into it with the boys, or that you just love doing on your own. That's great. So yeah. stoked for you, Connor. Yeah, you just shoot random dudes. It's a great way to take out stress, especially when it's a teenage kid, dude. I just love to shoot because they, they bully me. And so it's just great for me to go out there and get my retribution in a safe, um, socially acceptable setting. Um, so yeah, fired up, dude. Great episode. All stoked on heists, dude. Um, Aaron, you're a freaking ledge, dude. Thanks for the on the spot research as always and being a freaking straight up beast and for being alive and a good father, bro, husband, beast on the fucking sticks. Um, dude, questions, comments, concerns, shout outs, whatever. Strider Wilson shreds at gmail.com. You leave a review, help the pot out and uh, check out the Patreon. I'm going to put out some, um, weights and dates pretty soon on there. So stay stoked guys. And I'll catch you on the freaking next one. Let's.